Good. Um, Feedback robot. Robots. Robots in oh, flight. Feedback robot. Feedback robot. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> Still bad. Sky rockets in flight. No. Okay, UT3. Power rings, unite. Two. One. <laughs> there it is. Just. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the UNT3. We are three best friends that do a music podcast for you, and all we do is bring you all music all the time. Whenever we get together, we love discussing music. We want to bring you into that conversation tonight. I'm your host, Ryan Gerfers, here with co-host Christian Fisher. He's going to do it in one take tonight, even with his microphone. One take. It's all it's going to take. And then um, Mr. Houston Astros over there. I'll take that. He is the Houston Astros true hero. (laughs) And, um, you know, that's not going to go away. You are the hero. Ever. And uh, it is Mr. Joel the Hero Cox over here coming at you with a little bit of Nickelback. Nickelback is his favorite band. He won't ever admit that to you, but that is his favorite band. I, I, the first album is a good album. The second album was a decent album. Downhill after that. But what he won't ever admit to you is he had Nickelback posters on his ceiling <laughs> above his bed. Whatever. And so he, he fell asleep looking at them every night. Yeah. With Hero playing in his head. His favorite song is Photographs. <laughs> so we've, we've got a fantastic episode for you tonight. You can tell we are all hopped up tonight. We've got coffee going. We've got microphones going out. We uh, l- Let me tell you, the pre-production that went into this episode alone is probably <laughs> the most thought out, well put together pre-production that we've ever done. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to bring it to you and it, it's going to come at you fast and hard. <laughs> right I mean, we, night. we even storyboarded tonight, man. And I mean, so, it's... yes, we did storyboard and we didn't even have to bring in Miles Finch for this storyboard. <laughs> that is a that is that that is a shout out to one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Go back and check out, you know, our Christmas episode, right? We're not yeah. going to talk about the movies, but it is Miles Finch storyboard making it happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's an angry elf. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> You're an elf. <laughs> I hate that fucking <laughs> uh-huh. it must be a South Pole elf. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get out. See, you're laughing. You like the movie. You just don't want to admit it. You're laughing at the quotes. 
It is only because it's coming from you. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Christian likes Elf. Joel likes Hero. Everybody's on the same page. I think (laughs) I dislike Elf as much as you dislike Hero, Joel. Oh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Wow. It's okay. But we're going to get through this episode. What we got coming to y'all tonight. We are going to continue what we've said we're going to do this year. Several (laughs) albums that are turning 30 this year. We're going to cover one of those albums tonight. Uh, And then in our second segment, I'm going to take over the show again, like I did last week and I, or the week before. And I am going to just throw a random question out to the guys and let them talk about it. They have no idea what it's going to be. Uh, It can be anything. And so I always like doing that because, uh, it catches them off guard. We'll have another first listen, and then uh, we'll get y'all back to you, uh, your regular uh, <laughs> scheduled programming. <laughs> but without further ado, let's dive right into this album turning 30 this year. The album is going to be uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. This album turns 30 on September 24th. And it was recorded, of course, 1991. It has sold (laughs) over 13 million copies. Yeah. So pretty, pretty uh, awesome album. I didn't really hear this album until, I don't know, I'd say maybe between seven and 10 years ago when y'all told me to listen to it. So I I did not know this album existed until y'all told me about it. But there's a shame. I mean, this is this is some good stuff. And um, your siblings call themselves music fans. <laughs> and so, yeah, but they grew up in a totally different state. <laughs> and so, and we didn't have cell phones in the 90s. And so, is what Can't, it is. I didn't have a cell phone in the 90s and I still was in the 90s and I still listen to this album. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, but, but Ryan was also like 5 years old. So. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> yeah, I was still listening to, you know, Teletubbies. Yeah, he was like eight when this album came out. Yeah, well, he was younger though. I mean, you and I, we were I was, in a different headspace at that time. I was but. nine. So, do you remember the first song that that we exposed you to off that album that you were like, "Well, this is I know." Good stuff. Well, so I know the first song off of this album that I heard, and I didn't realize that this song was on this album, but it was "Give It Away." Um, I had heard Give It Away before on MTV and seen the music video. I just didn't realize that it was a part of this album. Yeah. Um, So I had heard that song before. um, But I guess really uh, once you all told me about this album, Mm -hmm. the song that I really kind of dug was I Could Have Lied. I I really enjoy that song. Um, But what what does it for me on this album, man, is uh, Flea. Flea is, you know, F and Flea. F and Flea. Go back and check out our uh, our super group when we select our bass player. Check out that episode and see who makes our uh, super group. Mm-hmm. And so, dude, Flea is just for on this album for me is is lit, fire, bougie, whatever the other words you want to use. One hundred. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Say less. That's the new thing, by the way. Say less. I don't know what it means, but all I know is when I say it, it really, really gets all of the high schoolers to cringe. Yeah. There you okay. go. 
so yeah um blood sugar sex magic y'all jump into it nice well hey well, since you brought it up why don't we take a second and we'll listen to a little bit of uh i could have lied do it do it it okay I still think that this solo is one of my all-time favorite solos. Yes. It's alright. Oh, come on. And just listening to the bass line with Flea and what he does on that groove is just... What I like about this song, too is it was on Guitar Hero, so I got to play all these. Yeah. The whole album's on, uh... Yeah. Uh, Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Rock Band. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. we all played together. Yeah. So, I mean, that... This whole album, I remember when I listened to it for the first time, you know, MTV still played music, and Give It Away was the first single off that album. And... I just remember going, what the heck? All the guys in the metallic paint, the metallic instruments, they're in the desert. And for me, Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those bands that nobody sounds like. There's nothing that sounds like anything that the Red Hot Chili Peppers does, especially Give It Away. And, um, of course, then I went out and bought the album. And I don't know if y'all know this, but this – uh, this album was one of the first to utilize the long form uh, format that a CD provided because you had, I think it's up to 75 minutes at the time. Um, and they utilized, I mean, it was more music than anyone really had previously done unless you did like a double LP or something like that. So it was pretty revolutionary at the time. But I just remember like this album just, there's a documentary where they actually show them making this album and it is phenomenal. So, it's on YouTube. You can find it. Yeah, yeah. it's it is a it is a awesome awesome album. So, uh, well, and not to not to mention though that this album is so awesome, and it only took them three months to record it. Yeah, uh, you know, it was April through June of ninety one, mm-hmm. and then they released it in September. And yeah. so, I mean, like Christian said earlier, I mean, that's a quick turnaround on such yeah. a good album. Yeah, it's a very quick turnaround. Yeah, it's a haunted house, and they set up their equipment, and supposedly, you know, things would happen with the equipment during the day and at night, and you know, they they just somehow made it work. And you know, uh, Rick Rubin, you know, produced the album, and the story goes that Rick Rubin would show up and they had a couch in there, and the guys would just be jamming and doing whatever, and he would just like lay on this couch with his eyes closed, and then. You know, finally, they'd get done doing whatever it is they were doing, and he would sit up and he'd say, keep that, don't do that, keep working on this, that's perfect, do you have anything? And then he'd get up and he'd leave. <laughs> so, like, he he was, you know, totally hands-on, but yet not hands-on at the same time, and it really allowed them to be, like, if you listen to me, uh, the, if, for me, if you listen to the album uh, Mother's Milk, which is right before uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, it's like for me, they just took like a monumental leap forward, and 
I think the albums that they did after that, all of them have been just lights out. So uh, what are your thoughts, Fisher, about about this album? Yeah, about time. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, <clears throat> going back to the Rick Rubin thing, uh, if he produced Metallica's Death Magnetic, and Lars would would say, you know, he basically had that same approach. He'd walk in, he'd lay on the couch, they'd record, they'd come in, and he'd say, okay, just exactly he did with the Chili Peppers. Keep that, keep that, that's crap, get rid of that. And what it forced them to do is come in with, and I think this is why the album was recorded and mastered and put out so quickly, was that it, it forced you to come in with your songs fully realized and like no no screwing around. Let's just get to business and do what we do. He's a completely different producer than say like a Bob Rock who will say, hey, I like what you're doing, but try it in this key instead. Yeah. Right? Or, or pull back on the tempo. And so, <clears throat> and this was... This was Frushanti's second album with the band. Yep. I mean, and so I think coming in doing Mother's Milk, he was kind of building off of what uh, Hillel Slovak did before. And then, you know, he came in the band at 18. And then doing Blood Sugar Sex Magic, excuse me, I think that's where he gets to, it's his real first opportunity to say, this is who I am as a guitar player and who, what I'm going to be in the band. And I think it's really typified with that guitar intro to Under the Bridge, mm-hmm. right? That's his, just him playing at the beginning. And I mean, for someone 18, at 21, you know, 2021, 20, recording that album, just the, the, the soul and character that he plays especially on that track, Under the Bridge, uh, I think is, is very profound. And mm-hmm. um, like most people, the first song I heard off this album was um, Give It Away. Mm-hmm. And thinking to myself, well, that's an interesting tune. really wasn't something that I was, my ear was keen on at the time. Yeah, um, I was, you know, eighth grade freshman in high school, somewhere in there when it came out. And, well, September of 91, I would have been in eighth grade. Um, But I don't really remember it coming into my consciousness until uh, when I got into high school, listening to, like, upperclassmen talk about it. And, you know, that's what piqued my interest was these older guys talking about this album and how just different it was from everything out there, right? Mm Because this was right around, I mean... This album was released in the same six-week period as uh, 10 and Nevermind and uh, Bad Motorfinger and even uh, the Black Album, you know, all of which we'll talk about at some point. But this was just just a, such a contrast to all that music. It just stood out and it stood on its own. Um, I mean, and personally, I think... This is an album I can listen to front to back. Just put it on, listen to track one to track last, and I'm, you know, I don't, I won't skip a track. I mean, there are some that I think maybe they could have cut out of the album. Yeah. Right, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, 
the last track. The last track is not, it's a little feet cover. And for me, I, I skip it every time. But the rest of the album to me is lit. Yeah. Um, I think, and it's been my favorite song on the album since the first time I heard it. Because um, it was just, who names a song Suck My Kiss? Mm-hmm. Right? And just uh, that little vocal intro from Anthony Kiedis and then it goes slamming into the track and I mean yeah go ahead play it yeah I mean just listen to that listen to Flea at at the Uh huh. Every time. And this is the thing, like, this is a total Hendrix chord coming up right here at this part, but it doesn't sound like Hendrix. Right here? That's a Foxy Lady chord. But it doesn't sound anything like Hendrix, you know? Yeah. amazing man and, and the guitar solo in that song that yeah. the guitar i think i think it's the best solo on the song on the album or yeah best solo on the album thank you yeah um, no, no 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 it's it's definitely good and it's so simple it's two guitar parts mixed together and uh you know what's interesting to me is like if you look at their early early stuff they wanted to be p-funk you listen to, to Flea oh, yeah. Face Tone, yeah, yeah, yeah. they wanted to be P-Funk. And then they kind of got into this kind of P-Funk slash kind of rapish kind of thing. And then Fushanti comes in and it becomes a little further removed from that. But like on this album and then all the subsequent ones, taking Dave Navarro's album out of it, um, that's a whole Great album, by the way. It's a great, One Hot Minute is a great album, but it doesn't really fit the narrative of Californication and and uh, uh completely gut- different guitar player yeah yeah different, yeah different mood different tone exactly but i think what's great about this album is that i, I can sit there and say that is a p-funk bass line that is a hendrix <clears throat> chord here is you know x y and z but it doesn't sound anything like that unless you take it out of the context of the song if it's in the song it just sounds like the red hot chili peppers and that's what i think is so so great and you know, we had a discussion uh, previously on album openers, and I really think the first three songs off this album are some of the strongest. The lead-off track, um, uh, the second song, and then uh, if you have to ask, and then uh, the third track. All three of those, I mean, it sets the tone for the whole album. And the whole album is great, but I just, I could, I just remember hearing those first songs going. When is this going to let up? Because it just kept going song to song to song to song. 
and they were just great, all of them, ending with Breaking the Girl, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's take a listen to If You Have to Ask, which is actually the second song off this this album. I mean, that's pretty funky right there. Yeah. But then they come in with, which is not, you know, it takes that kind of P-Funk element and turns it into this, which really to me is not a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody want to come get some? Yeah. God. That bass line, man. Anyway, I mean, that track is just... And then again, uh, you know, it goes into that breakdown part where there's there's a little guitar solo again that guitar solo could totally fit in like the best category like every guitar solo on this album really is you know it's pretty amazing so while we do this yeah, we take while, while we take a listen to one more song and then going ahead if you don't mind we're going to listen to a little bit of Sir psycho sexy yeah I think we need to listen to like the last minute, minute and a half also. Okay. Of this song? Yeah. Yeah. So what kills me about this is if you listen to it, the bass part and the guitar part are pretty opposite of each other. But you just hit, have Chad just like pretty much every song, he's just driving that beat, man. It's like he's just letting them kind of do their thing, but he's kind of the anchor that holds every everything together. Yeah. With my heart all bleeding. Yeah. Mm. And some demons in my... <laughs> Booty. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and, and skip because this is an eight-minute song. So yeah. So this is the ending of the song, which is just completely different than. Yeah. I think this is where John shows off. Yeah. This is a precursor to what would become Danny California, the solo in that, which is, you know. And that's another thing that I love about this song is if you listen to it, I don't know if they play to a click track, but when he's playing, like that section, he literally pulls back the drums about as far as you can go before it's time to to go 
into that next round of that song. God, 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 God. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. And then the band just, it's just, it's just great. Great songwriting, great lyrics, um, great recording, great producing, just all around. And of course it took them to a level that, I mean, anyway. I, you know, real quick, while we're talking about things in this album, do you think that this year could be considered the best year in music based off of some of the albums that were released? Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. And I would say easily in the, obviously, the last 30 years. The last, I mean, because you've, you know, I rattled them off earlier. I mean, you had, in a six-week, span of time you had bad motor finger i'm gonna rattle them off again bad motor finger never mind pearl jams 10 the black album you had this album come out i mean that's five just standard bear albums like yeah. uh, did you, you know, say rem out of time out of time but it didn't come out it it came out in march okay right yeah. I mean, it came out in 91, but it didn't come out in that span of time. Yeah, but as far but as you for still the have, year. Yeah, yeah, but as, as, yeah, as far as the year, but, but what I'm saying is just in that one six-week span of time, you had five albums released that people could point to and say that changed the face of music for the next 30 years. Oh, yeah. Right? People still point to pick one of those albums and say uh, that's a gold standard. That's what I want my albums to sound like, right? Whether it's you know the two, the three albums that came out of Seattle that defined a a genre, grunge, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or like I stated when we did the metal episode, the Black album that kind of, <clears throat> depending on who you are and what you think, I, I really don't think that was Metallica going to the mainstream. That was just them, because they've always done what they've wanted to do, mm -hmm. right? They've never, oh, we're a metal band, so we have to do, we have to fit the metal format. It was just, they put out an album, like James said, we just had a bunch of good songs and we put them out and, you know, people just gravitated to it for yeah. whatever reason. So, yeah, and, and this album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I mean, yes, Californication sold more. Uh, Danny California, that album. What is it? Uh, Stadium yeah. Arcadia. Yeah. That yeah. that album sold more. But this one, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I think is, for lack of a better way of describing it, it's their dark side of the moon, right? Mm -hmm. People look at them and say. That's the Chili Peppers album that, if you want to know who they are and you want to get started in the Chili Peppers, start with this one. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any better compliment to an album than that right there. Yeah. If you want to know the essence of a band, if you want to know what they're all about, start with this album. Because it's held so dear to so many people. I mean, this is one of the albums that I put on and I instantly transport back to being a teenager. Mm -hmm. Right, I instantly get that nostalgia feeling, right, and images pop in my head of whether it was going to the beach and hanging out at the beach for the weekend. That wasn't till later. <laughs> um, 
but yes, that too. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a, this is in my personal top 10 albums of all time. Um, does it crack the top five? Maybe, but it's in there. It's in my personal top 10. No. Um, and plus, when I first started listening to it when I was younger, it was just fun to have mom walk in and hear a song like Sir Cycle and watch her have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I would say that the, the year 1991, as far as music was concerned, if it's not the best year for music, uh, I mean, it'd have to be something from the 60s, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because I just named all rock albums. What about, I mean, you had Dr. Dre come out with his album, The Chronic, right? Mm-hmm. That came out in 91. We'll talk yeah. about that album. Uh, I mean, you had so many good albums that just, yeah. I say good, but some would argue great. Um, yeah. Just genre-defining albums that came out that year. So, And this being one of them. Uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic which the title track off that album Blood Sugar Sex Magic that's a great song too I mean yeah. we didn't play it but uh, maybe we might later but it's I don't remember if I brought it up in the title track episode but shame on me if I didn't no you, you, you didn't but but that is true it is a it is a great it's a great song and I think that the thing that you said is really what's super important is they have other albums that are great, but this one to me, it seems to have an emotional pool. Uh, you know, stadium arcadium is great. One hot minute. I mean, I love airplane. I love all, I love all their uh, albums, but this one just has an emotional, I just have an attachment to it. Like you said, transports you. And I think that that's what makes this album so special for so many people. So, yeah, I do too. I just, it's, Again, it, it's one of those albums. It uh, maybe I I could describe it better as this is their master of puppets. This is the one that busts the door open for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. boom, we're here, and the songwriting the songwriting's great. John Frusciante again, second album coming into his own as yeah. I'm not Hillel, I'm I'm John, um, and that was a big. Uh, that was a big loss for them to get over. I mean, I'd put it right up there with just like Metallica getting over the loss of Cliff Burton. Yeah. Right? Getting over, because Hillel was a founding member. And and getting over him was, you know, they almost didn't uh, go on. Because I think Chad Smith came into the band after that, too. I think there was a drummer before him. Yeah, uh, Jack Irons. Okay, there you go. Jack Irons, who played on... Played with Pearl Jam later. Yeah, he uh, he but, uh, actually connected a lot of bands together with drummers after he left. Yeah, he played with a lot of people. Yeah, um, kind of an interesting story, but maybe we'll cover that in a that'll be another episode topic. Let's talk about Jack Irons. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean just everything that led up to this album, and then you know it's their master of puppets, their dark side of the moon, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it was the one that announced, okay, we're not this party 
funk band anymore were not that they weren't serious before, but were you know, we just put out an album, you have to take us serious now. You have we're we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We're That's not the guys album. with socks on our junk. We're no, they were the guys with socks on their junk. But I'm saying, they're like, they're like, we're actual musicians. Like, we right. write songs and we play. I mean, well, I mean, you 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 stated it earlier when um, we played that last little section of uh, Sir Psycho. I, I the most underrated, forgotten person in the band is the drummer. Mm-hmm. Chet. Right? I think Chet. You know, I'm, or Will Ferrell, depending on who you ask. Will Ferrell, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead ringer for him. But I mean, he could have just as easily been our supergroup drummer, yeah. right? He's that good. He is. I mean, he's he's solid. He is a modern day John Bonham. I would not disagree with that statement at all. I mean, that's that's you listen to his tone, you listen to how he play, and now can he kill it? Can he like can he play all these other styles? Yeah, but he just. Sticks in the pocket. Yep. So. Right on. So there you go. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, 30 years old this year. It still sounds as fresh and as new to me as ever. Put it in the comments. Let us know if there's a song on there that you think we should have covered. We we stuck away from, or we got away from the hits because we want to cover some of the uh, deeper cuts. But let us know what you think. So, Ryan, what is, what is the wacky question you're going to bring up today that's going to floor us i don't know that it's going to floor you but i mean it, it it's going to be fun now the last time we had a segment like this uh we did whose corner would you get in right it was christopher cross or michael mcdonald Ooh, right? oh that was such a good episode that was, that, was, that was a good segment i think we all uh we all decided to go with christopher cross we did we, we the only that's the only choice in that in that I, now okay I listen to the hope, episode listen to the episode let's get back on track i would <laughs> hope today's might be a little bit more difficult to pick sides now again it may be easy for you guys i i don't know um i'm gonna bring you two bands these are not solo artists these are okay. bands okay um so this is like a miniature super fight. One of, I, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to call it. I mean, we're not going to like go with numbers towards each other. I mean, it's literally just personal preference. Okay. All right. But whose corner are you getting in? Okay. Here we, here go. we go. Boston. Okay. Or sticks. Boston. All day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> that's not even. I mean, not even a thought. It, just Boston. It's not that easy to, to sit there and say just Boston. Yes, I mean, it is. Sticks is great, dude. Come sail away, dude. Mr. Roboto, come on, man. Too much time on my hands. Well, Mr. Roboto, like no, Mr. Roboto rules, and I don't care what that said. that album about destroyed their career. It did almost destroy it. Well, Dennis DeYoung is still not in the band because of it, and that's almost worth having Sticks as the better band to listen to. But uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, man, I. So there's a video out there. You can get it on YouTube, man. And you can see they're doing Mr. Roboto at the summit in Houston. And people are like throwing beer bottles and like is because. Okay. So Ryan, I don't know if you know, since little history lesson, just in case you don't know this. So they were a rock sticks was a rock band. They released Mr. Roboto as a concept album 
And what they wanted to do was actually act out scenes where the band acted out scenes with Mr. Roboto. And here's all these rockers coming to see it. And they are just, it, it almost destroyed their career, like forever. And there's video of it and it is cringy. But um, anyway, I don't think it's that easy. Now, I will say for me, I lean towards Boston on this one, but I don't think it's as cut as dry, cut and dry as just Boston or Sticks. What are you talking about? I'm just, I'm just saying. I think, I think that you were like Boston is yeah. hands down Boston, hands down Boston. Okay, well, I, I think that it's a little more cut and dry, but I do think Boston my cousin like, Mark, my cousin Mark, who's listening to this, uh, will probably shoot me a text message or an email. About how the greatness of sticks, but he's just Dude, one man. <laughs> they're great. Now, now the other thing is, is Boston you, released what three albums? That's all you need, man. I mean, sticks had a lot more. I mean, we're not. He said personal preference. Okay. Okay. okay yeah, okay. we're not throwing numbers out here. This isn't a super fight. Okay. Well, it, you said it was a mini super fight. No, I asked I, if it was going to be did like not a say mini. that it was a mini super fight. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to this get goes back to pre-production when we discussed whether or not Joel actually listens to what I say. I listened to everything. By the way, in the outtakes from the last video where you said I said something and I go, I didn't say that. I literally did not say that. So I do listen. You guys just give me. These were recording this. Go look back. I do listen. I don't even know what you're referring to. Exactly. Man. You said, I, you said, did you say head or something like that? It's in the outtakes. And I said, I didn't say that. You go, yeah, you did. We're going to, bull crap, we're going to listen to it. And I listened oh to it and God. I didn't say that. Anyway. What does Boston. this have to do You can with... edit anything out you want to make it look like you didn't <laughs> say something. Else. So, I mean, it is what it is. Whatever. What the, what the so you're hell going does Boston, Yellow Boston or Sticks? Yellow go Boston. Boston. I'm going yes. Boston by a smaller margin than Fisher. Now, okay. So again, uh, I'm hijacking the segment. Okay. So <laughs> Boston. Okay. So I'm going to throw a third one into this. Ooh. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to throw another one in. Uh, so you got Boston. What if we throw Boston and Journey? Whose whose corner are you getting in? Still Boston. Man, see, I go journey all day on that. Yeah, uh, you're a pussy. <laughs> Speaking of editing, um, I, I think for me personally, um, I'm gonna have to go journey. I love Boston, but um, man, there's just something about journey, dude. You know, yeah. I'm just the. Yeah, and besides, Randy Jackson was a journey. Come on, man. And he played the bass. He slapped yeah. the bass. <laughs> I tell and? you what, man. Though it's it's hard to beat, uh, you know, Steve Perry's vocals. It really is. Yeah. So pure, and just a. It was anyway before he went through his issues. Well, he's back now. Have you heard? I his know newest? he's back. His he new sounded- album sounds great. I haven't heard his new album, but I I started like I saw a few YouTube videos of him when he started to come back, and it just he sounded rough, and I was yeah. like, ooh, I don't know about that. But the dude's in it. his seventies almost. I mean, cut the man some slack. No, I got you. It, it it no, I hear you, but I mean, man, yeah, back you when say they were in their heyday, like 
You say Vocally, Steve Perry's vocals. Anybody could beat Steve Perry back in his head. Except for Lou Panea. You listen to Brad Delps singing on More Than a Feeling. Oh, no, I know More Than a Feeling is a great song. I mean, what? but. Whew. Is it is it uh, Michael Sweet, the new lead singer who replaced Brad Delp? Uh, you know more than I would. I think he did. I think he replaced him. I think Brad Delp passed away. Uh, he did. I, yes, he did pass away. And I think Michael Sweet is the person who took over for him, which uh, that's an interesting choice. But, but yeah, I mean, his vocals, you're, you're right. His vocals are great. The songs are great. I mean, they recorded three albums, and those three albums are by far the uh, – the roadmap of what a rock album should sound like. I mean, great songs, great leads, great melodies, you know. All right, about, I got one for you. Okay. Since we're on this little this little tangent here. No rules. Uh, no rules. Uh, Boston or Foghat? Uh, Boston. I don't oh, know see? who Foghat is. So. Yeah, you do. I'm Slow sure ride. I do if I heard a song. But Slow so, ride. So here's what I was going to do. Um, since Christian's stuck on Boston, we can't get him to come off of Boston. Maybe I'll find one where he will. Okay? Oh, all right. So, so let, let me keep going. Let me keep going here. So, what about Boston or Foreigner? Boston. Okay. What about Boston or Ario Speedwagon? Boston. Okay. Boston or Bad Company? Oh. That's a good oh, one. There we go. That's a good one. But I'm going <laughs> to Boston by a little bit. <laughs> That's a good one, coach. <laughs> All right. What about. Came Boston? in high and tight on that one. <laughs> what about Boston or Asia? Oh, come on now. Boston. Right. It's Boston. Boston. Boston or Kansas? Uh, that's actually what I was thinking about earlier. Which, which one of the two? Uh, I've seen. I've seen Kansas live. They put on one hell of a show. I wish I could have seen Boston live. Mm, that's a toss-up for me. I can't go either way. That's a toss-up. Oh. Okay. Uh, we'll keep going. What about Boston or Chicago? Depends on my mood. I'm more of a rock-oriented guy, so I would lean towards Boston Okay. Um, but I mean, can't go wrong with Chicago. What about Boston or Eddie Money? <laughs> wow. Uh, take me home tonight. Come yeah, on, dude. Yeah, take me home. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? It'd still be Boston for me on that. Yeah, one. it Boston. All right, so for the sake of the segment, I'm going to throw this one out there just so we can move on to the first listen. Uh, would you pick Boston or Metallica? Oh, Metallica. <laughs> there we go. Me? See, I told you I would get him off of Boston eventually. It well, that was an easy one. But you that was an what? easy one. Had you said Boston or Bob Seger, I would have gone Bob Seger. Really? Yeah. I, oh. Okay, again, personal preference. Bob Seger holds a lot of sentimental value to me, a lot of nostalgia. Um, Bob Seger, uh, he's one of my earliest musical memories, um, and he's an early musical memory with my mom. Yeah. And so my mom absolutely loved Bob Seger, and uh, I mean, when it, before Amanda and Mikey were born and it was just me, I'd ride around in the car and she'd crank, and our 
or 19, I think it was a 1981 Monte Carlo. <laughs> and damn, that was a sweet car. <laughs> the quadratic sound. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> but man, it was, yeah, Bob Seeger. That would have got me off Boston. There okay. you go. There you go. Well, uh, get back on your horse and give us this first listen. All right. So this first listen, um, this is not something that I would have picked just out of the blue, but uh, another friend of all of ours, um, a really good friend of mine that I grew up with, uh, Mr. Aaron Burns. We trade songs every now and again, like, hey, this came on my iPod just a second ago or whatnot. He sent me this, um, and I had not heard it before, so I thought I'd pass it along to you two to see what you guys thought. And this is a band called Black Pumas. Oh, okay. Have you heard of them, Joel? I've heard of the band, yeah. And it's a song called Stay Gold. I'm excited. Too loud? I already like it. Yeah, I've seen them perform on YouTube. There's one of those videos that came up. But I don't know this song. This is good. It sounds like something that should be in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Or, uh, 
What's that other director that uses music like this? I figured this sounds like Lynch. Some, It sounds like it should be in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Make a note of that. That is Stay Gold by Black Pumas. Um, I like I how like, they faded it out at the end. They didn't just come to a stop. Like it just, yeah, that old school fade out. Heck yeah. I like how you you uh, made the comment, Joel, that this should be in a, it sounds like it should be in a Quentin Tarantino or David Lynch movie. The description on iTunes is this. Uh, Black Pumas is to late 60s and early 70s soul as Quentin Tarantino movies are to vintage exploitation. Yeah. So, um, I think, I don't know, when Aaron sent me this song, uh, so again, Mr. Patrick Aaron Burns, thank you very much for the uh, first listen this week. Patrick? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Only his really good friends know him as Patrick. Oh, so the whole world knows now. It's on the web. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Uh, no, actually, his really good friends call him Aaron. That's right, Aaliyah, Aaron. <laughs> Anyway. Only is his wife. Anyway, um, you know, he finds – I don't know how he finds these bands. He just finds these bands from left field, sends them to me. At least they're left field for me. Mm -hmm. um, but the moment I heard this song, I was like, oh, I've, I've got to bring this to the show. It's mm -hmm. got to be a first listen. Um, so do I even need to ask, did you guys like it? Start with you, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you want to expound on it or no? no. Yeah, so it um <laughs> no, it was it was refreshing to hear something like that, like old school that was recorded. What'd you say last year? Yeah, it came out last year. So it's yeah. it's refreshing to to hear and know that they're still making music that sounds vintage, that sounds good, and it's not just your you know Uzi verts. Yes, and that total go in there and let's use you know the pitch correct and we'll put it into a uh some kind of you know system that's going to basically play all the music for you and it's very you know just robotic and whatever like it's actual like you could tell there was some emotion feeling soul everything in all parts of the song which i really liked because you know man yeah that was good that was refreshing i'm glad they're still making shit like that i will say I will expound on what you said. It's it's good to hear music that's coming out in 2020, that 2021, whatever, 
that sounds like they belong in the music industry, like they're talented, right? Yes. Not you or myself. I'm going to exclude Joel because Joel could walk in the studio and do something like that. And you probably could too vocally. But, I mean, it's not just something you walk in the studio and three hours later hit track, right? That's something that you have to sit down, actually have some kind of talent at the whatever instrument you're using, whether it's your voice, the guitar, the bass, the drums, whatever. And can we just give a shout out to backup singers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Backup singers. Joel, what'd you think? Um, well, I was just checking out some of the, the stats on this. Um, for me, yeah, I, I dig it. I also think it's cool that, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they're from Austin. Yeah, I just, at least the, uh, the um, I guess the, the producer, guitar player. The guitar player producer, but they, they both settled in Austin and, um, I mean, I, I love it. The thing that I love about music like this is it's not new. It's not new. Right. But it sounds new even though it's not new. It's just that classic, if you have a good pocket, if you have great chords, you have a great melody and a great performance, um, that's what this sounds like. Like, for mm-hmm. me, I think of the instrumentation. I'm not a big lyric guy, but I'm a melody guy and I'm a, a rhythm guy. Like, what's going on in the background? And if you go back and listen to that drum part, it's almost as if he's not going to hit it on time every every measure. You know, do, get, do, get, do, do, get, do. There's like this pause. Mm-hmm. And I love little things because it creates what we call a pocket. And I don't care where you're at. When you hear that, everybody just starts moving. Because yeah. it's that rhythm, it's that bass and that drum, that pocket that they create. So, well, um, I will say, if you liked this one, which you both did, check out the rest of the album. Because when he sent it to me last week, it sent me down the rabbit hole of this album, and yeah. I listened to it front and back all that rest of that evening into the next day. Um, so yeah. it's Grammy nominated. As well, it should be just yeah. based on mm-hmm. that one song. Best right? artist Grammy nominated, according. And, to and if you song. like, if you bring it up on iTunes, if you bring it up on iTunes, the song that I played isn't even one of the most popular songs on the album, mm-hmm. right? Which is one of the things I really love about what Aaron will send me. Like he'll send me something off an album, and he and I think a lot alike when it comes to things that we like on an album and whatnot and he always sends me stuff that's not the the quote-unquote hits so like on blood blood sugar sex magic how we stayed away from the hits we didn't talk about it we talked about other uh lesser known songs off the album that Mm -hmm. i think are infinitely better than the hits um you know those are the that's what i appreciate about his ear and i really love that song so so there is the first listen. Um, Joel, why don't you go through the uh, the spiel? Oh, the spiel, uh, as they say. Aaron, thank you for that first listen. Thank you for exposing us to new music and allowing us to keep our word. If you tell us, we will play it. We will listen. We will build it, and they will come. Damn straight. Uh, so go into YouTube. Watch the video. Subscribe, hit the cowbell, 
comment. Let us know what you're doing. Let us know what you're thinking about. If you like this segment, if you think that Christian is wrong for liking Bob Seger over Boston, uh, let us know that. I mean, some How of can those you be bands, wrong? Well, I'm just saying some of those bands that, that uh, Gerfers mentioned, man, those are some pretty pretty heavy-hitting bands. But let us know what you're, you're thinking. Subscribe. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, as Fisher says all the time, help us feed the algorithm. Yeah, and make those comments. And make those comments. And actually, don't make the comments because I really don't want to wear pasties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sing Hero, and I don't want to wear pasties. Yes, he does. So yes, he does. on that note, don't just ixnate everything I said. Fisher, what do you have for us as far as the uh, uh, channels. channels to check out? Channels to check out. Uh, the first channel I have tonight uh, is another reaction channel. Um, can't tell by now what kind of channels I like to watch on YouTube. Um, it's a reaction channel. It's a husband and wife. Uh, it's a channel by the name of Vin and Sori. Um, and they just, they react to everything. Um, a lot of their reactions are, um, follower suggestions and, um, they're a little, they're about Ryan's age. So, you know, a lot of the stuff they listen to and react to, uh, they come at it from Ryan's point of view. Like, um, they may quite possibly have not heard it before, before they actually push play. And react to the song. So, and then they go on and uh, do a, a a deep dive, if you will. They talk about, you know, they'll pull the lyrics up, read the lyrics, talk about. Then they'll listen to it again after reading the lyrics to see if it hits them different and things like that. So check them out if you want. Um, and then my second channel, I thought it was appropriate since we're talking about music from 30 years ago. And it's a channel by the, the name of Grunge Rock Productions. And they do, like, we do all music all the time. They're all grunge all the time, Ooh. right? They do behind, like, you know, behind the albums and your favorite grunge albums they'll talk about or what happened to this, uh, you know, whatever happened to, insert musician from a grunge band from the 90s. So check them out. Grunge Rock Productions. Grunge Rock Productions. I like it. Take it home, Gurf. Awesome. So if you liked this episode, <clears throat> like they said, comment, subscribe, tell everybody you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, one thing I want to do real quick before we do sign off, uh, we've been doing uh, a pretty good job on Facebook. If you're not following us on Facebook, go do it because we put a question of the day out and we've got somebody that I want to shout out to real quick because this person has pretty much answered almost every single question of the day, if not all of them. And that is uh, Mr. Mark Hudgens. Did I say that correct? Yes, that's my cousin. And Mr. so Mark Hudgens. Mark has answered almost every single question of the day. Thank you, Mark, for uh, feeding the algorithm on Facebook uh, feed it here on YouTube as well. Um, he would be an interesting person to have on and talk music. And so, again, we we want to get into that conversation with all of you. We don't want it to just be us three. We want to bring people into this. So uh, engage with us on social media. Engage with us here on YouTube. Um, we may float the idea around and the guys aren't, uh, they don't know that I'm going to say this, but maybe <laughs> we'll float the idea around of doing a live at some point. Hell yeah. 
to where you can interact with us live. Um, that, that might be coming down um, the pipe in, in, you know, a few episodes. So uh, we absolutely love it when you comment or answer our questions of the day. Uh, if there's a question of the day that you have, put it in the comments, go on Facebook uh, and, and, and put it up there. And we will be more than glad to answer your question. Well, check uh, us out on the gram too. Yes, we're on Instagram, right? Spotify. And again, we've said this before, but if for some reason you forgot, if you're listening to us on Spotify, jump on over here to YouTube and just put in the comments real quick. Hey, I'm on Spotify usually. We want to know who you are. Uh, so, so do that. And then while you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe and notification button. Uh, but... Until uh, our next episode, make sure that y'all are out there uh, just enjoying life, listening to music, and then keep living, keep loving, keep listening, and as always, keep rocking. There it is. There it is. Total robot. <laughs> it's like a mix. Fun. It's a mix of like an alien, the predator, and a robot. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of um, like a synth sound from the seventies. Like yeah. So it's kind of cool, but it's also really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You changed locations. Well, I'm trying to get a little bit more professional than what I've been. What? No penis on the wall? <laughs> no. Okay. No penis on the wall.